Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Trinity Sunday is always a difficult Sunday. Difficult if you only preach on the doctrine of the Trinity. It's difficult to understand, and the Lord doesn't make us understand for salvation. All the creeds, Apostles, Nicene, Athanasian Creed, have developed only during the 400 years of the church at the beginning to formulate what has Jesus taught, what is the relationship with God the Father, what is the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So the creeds say nothing more than what Scripture says. It may say it in a scientific way. It may say it in a way that we are trying to work out who this God is in essence because we know how he's revealed himself to us as creator, through his son Jesus Christ, and by giving the Holy Spirit. So that's the difficult part about Trinity Sunday, to get lost in the creed that says, I don't completely understand. Here's my bulletin. But as the creed says in a confessional way, which means to say back to God what he has said to us, So what we really need to fix our eyes on is the relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, because we will not completely understand what is yet hidden to us. That's why Peter's sermon says the relationship. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. That's the importance, the relationship. So that we don't stray from that relationship and get God wrong, or Jesus wrong, or the Holy Spirit wrong, we rely on the ancient church and the teachings from Scripture to keep us on that path, and that's the purpose of the creeds. So God's promises were fulfilled at Advent and at Christmas, the birth and passion of Christ, continued through Lent and Easter in Christ's death and resurrection. God's promises were fulfilled in the ascension of Christ, to reign with the Father, and then the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, which we had last week. As John says, But to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he has given the right to become children of God. Children not born by human parents or by our desire or a husband's decision, but by God. So now the second part of Peter's Pentecost sermon makes a total sense on this Trinity Sunday, the life and the beginning of the church. We celebrate salvation, complete 
from the true God, whom we know as creator, from Jesus Christ, our redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, who makes us holy. It's a fitting end to the church year calendar. It's a fitting beginning to the life of the church, the life of you and me. The first part of Peter's sermon began last week, if you'll remember, on the porch of the house where the disciples were present. And the crowd outside heard that noise of the Holy Spirit descending on the disciples. They hurried over to where the noise was coming from. They heard people speaking in different languages about the magnificent things that God had done by completing the promise of the Messiah and gifting salvation through the forgiveness of sins to the whole world. Some believed. Others, you may remember, thought the disciples were partying at the week of feasts and were drunk already. From the porch, Peter preached that the Lord will be returning in the final days to judge the earth, just as the prophet Joel said. None will escape his judgment, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Since he created us, we are responsible as his creatures and accountable to him. It's not a matter of opinion. It's not a matter of, I don't think so. It's a matter of a jealous and yet praiseworthy God who demands obedience and worship from his creation. Peter ended this fire and brimstone sermon, however, with an invitation you may remember. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. The second part of Peter's sermon invites all to hear the beautiful message that just took place during the last month or so how salvation has come to all people through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. When God's word went out through the tongue of fire in Peter's mouth and into the ears of those listening in their own languages, 3,000 people asked, what should we do, brothers? Peter doesn't say, um, follow the law of Moses as the Jewish leaders do. He doesn't say, oh, give us all your money and we'll pray for you like some TV evangelists do. Peter says, repent, and each one of you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you too will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, who wouldn't want that? So 3,000 were added to God's newly forming creation of believers in congregation on that day. We, too, today, begin our worship with the words of our baptism, remembering to whom we belong. We remember the details of that first sermon, Lord, to whom shall we go, we cry. You have the words of eternal life. And we rejoice together with the first 3,000 believers. We are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, just as they were. We belong to the same group as the first 3,000, and we will see and worship with them around the throne of our Lord one day. With all those who are baptized in Christ and retain the confession of salvation through the Messiah, Son of God. So in a way, every day, every Sunday is Holy Trinity Sunday. Since we have been baptized and we gather in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We live in that baptism every single day. 
we don't have a day when we live outside that baptism. So we're baptized for this moment right now. The whole of Christian's life, yours and mine, exists and revolves around baptism in three ways. One, we are baptized in the name of the Holy Trinity. Two, we are baptized into a life of repentance and forgiveness. And three, we are baptized for this moment, for witness, for mercy, and for life together. First then, imperfect printer, because I'm an imperfect person. We are baptized in the name of the Holy Trinity, the Hebrew Shema. The name is important. In the Old Testament, to not have a name is to be dead. The name brings life into existence. And whoever does the naming claims the ownership of what is named. Note how God gives, Abraham, gives Adam dominion over the earth to give names to plants and animals. Naming signifies ownership. Your parents named you. You belong to them. The name calls on the essence there is one name into which we are baptized. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. One name, one God, three persons. In baptism, God names you his. He claims you. He owns you. By his mercy and grace through the blood of his Son, you are his. And he seals you with his Holy Spirit, who guides you in and through your daily life. For this reason, Scripture is adamant about baptism, giving a new name, a new life. It's a rebirth as God's child. Matthew 28, which we just heard, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John 3, this is being born again, born of water and the Spirit that brings us into the kingdom of God, as Jesus says. Ephesians 5, washing of water with the word. Paul writes to Titus in, in verse 3, this is the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom God poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Peter says in his letter, baptism now saves you. So baptism is God's work and therefore something we can be sure of. And it is his saving work. It's the completion of everything that he has done. We are baptized in the name of the Holy Trinity and nothing could be better or more certain than that. This brings us to a second point. This is the reason Peter begins with the judgment of sin to lead to the sweetness of forgiveness. Peter's message of judgments cuts the crowd to the heart. They realize how badly they blew it. There is repentance here. The recognition that you have been blind and stupid and have not listened to what God is telling you. You've gone off on your own in the wrong direction. What hope is there? having messed up and sinned against God. Think you can make it right? 
Peter tells the Jews then and us now that the good news of new life, he directs them to baptism. The washing the Jews knew as a washing of repentance now is something completely new in Jesus' name. It's a washing of renewal, of creation in righteousness. It brings the forgiveness of sins. So Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is not to you, but to your children and all those. So what happens next? They do repent. They are baptized. They are forgiven. They and you and me are baptized. Not were baptized. I was baptized in June of 1957, but my baptism is more than a one-day event in a distant past that has a meaning only for a heaven-bound future. Your baptism has significance every day of your life, every moment that you live and breathe as a Christian. It is your identity. It is your security. It is your meaning and purpose for every day of your life. It is your passage from death to life, as Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 6. You rise from the waters of baptism as Jesus rises from the dead. This is why you can say, I am baptized. Present tense, because you have been given a new life, which began then and continues even now. It's significant because each day you are tempted to follow the desires of your fleshly heart, your old heart, or the anger in your sin-filled heart, or the jealousy in your hate-filled heart, or the greed in your selfish heart. And how do you rid yourself of such sinful flesh or of satanic provocations to potential sins? Powerless against your natural self. As Paul says, slaves to sin. Your baptism reminds you to whom you belong, who you really are. It is the spiritual suit of armor of the Christian soldier. Get thee behind me, Satan, for I am baptized. Your betrothal to Christ bespeaks who is the Lord of your life. He gives you his name. He is your defense. For those moments when evil overpower us and overpower your desire to do what God pleases, your faith in a loving Father drives you to acknowledge your sin, drives you to repentance and belief in what God has through Christ, forgiveness. For your sin is not simply a misdeed of obedience. Your sin comes from the desire of an old, unregenerate self of flesh and blood, self-satisfaction, self-empowerment, self-gratification, who lived guided by the power of this world that would leave your faith behind and your heavenly Father out of the picture. So, yet with his spirit, you have new life, a new heart, producing in you repentance and remorse, reminding you that you have a Father to whom you belong. Sin is this. It's that moment when you act as if you had no heavenly father who loves you and gives you all that you need and you have to handle things your own way. 
Because in that moment, you leave God out of the picture. And you don't depend on him. To one side, you push him. But your baptism is a mark which you constantly wear. Which calls you to recognize not only your waywardness of, as God's child, but it assures you that you do have a heavenly father. One who longingly desires you to come home. To eat the fatted calf because you have returned. To be accepted, hugged, and kissed by him. Who gave up his son for this very reason. You are his. He cannot deny himself, nor his promises. Nothing else will complete you. Then, brings us to our final and third point. We are baptized for this moment to live as salt and as light in the world, to give flavor, sabor, to the world, for witness, for mercy, and for life together. God has chosen you by his grace and mercy to live now in the world at this moment. You know the struggles, the sin, the listlessness, and the lostness in the hearts of those who, like you, live with a sin-filled heart and body. They trust only themselves. They may be ignorant of the grace and the mercy of God, They are also ignorant of impending doom and judgment of a righteous God. You are the light of the world. We are baptized for this moment. We are baptized, present tense, plural, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This gives us great identity and security and meaning and purpose to our life. We don't randomly exist. We belong. We are baptized into a life of repentance and forgiveness and mercy and grace and salvation. It is a daily turning from sin, a daily receiving the forgiveness of Christ, one for us on the cross, and then a daily living that new life and righteousness in our world. This God, the Father who created us, His Son who gives us new life, His Spirit who lives within us, He is our God. Amen. about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.